We want to welcome you as always. Those of you who are watching on Facebook Live or maybe listening later on the blog or here in the building. It's good to have you with us. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 20 and verse 16. We've been talking about the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus. I want to look some today in John's rendering of this. Since it's so much different, he's not a synoptic gospel writer. But there's so much good in this that we can't gloss over it, we can't overlook it. John chapter 16 and verse, or John chapter 20 and verse 16, the New King James Version. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Father, we love you and we bless you. We praise you and we thank you. We thank you for your blessed holy word and anointing upon it for our ears to hear it, hearts to receive it, minds to be open to the glorious light of it. Thank you for utterance in the Holy Spirit for all of us to proclaim the truth of your word that makes people free. We believe you for it as a group. Thank you for it. Thank you that as we speak your word, the word goes forth. We thank you for your word operating in demonstration of your spirit and power. We exchange strengths with you this morning. We operate in your strength. We thank you for the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus and the power in the blood and in the name. We believe we receive revelation, heart knowledge of your word today, according to Mark eleven twenty four, And we thank you, Father, that our preaching, teaching, witnessing, and ministering isn't with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of your spirit and power. So our faith doesn't stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Thank you, Father. We need no man to teach us. We're taught by your Holy Spirit, who lives within us as believers. We love you, we praise you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. We said last week, talking about the ascension, that it's an important, an important thing that sometimes doesn't get discussed enough, or maybe gets overlooked for whatever reason. We said it's so important to our future in the kingdom. Jesus said it was vital. He said he'd send us another comforter in John 14, 6. And he did. He sent us the Holy Spirit. Because he's seated right now at the right hand of the Father. And we're, we're there positionally. Ephesians 2 tells us that. And he's commissioned us. We saw in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Mark 16, 14 through 18, the Great Commission, both renderings. And we know that he's coming back. He said it in John 21, Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. We looked at two at the catching away of the church, uh, called the rapture, of course. Not The word rapture isn't used in the, in the Bible, but uh, that's what it's called, the catching away of the church. Uh, and, and we ask ourselves, you know, why do we need the rapture? If, if we're going to be in heaven, we're going to have 
spiritual bodies, why do we need to resurrect these bodies? Well, uh, the Bible says so, and it tells us how, and we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 through 58, and uh, that's the reason. And we saw, of course, in 2 Peter 3, 1 through 13, that uh, he's not slack concerning his promises. He's long-suffering. So we, we praise God for that, and that brings us up to date. Uh, I want to look at this today from the standpoint of um, Mary Magdalene as she sees the risen Lord. If you back up to John chapter 20 and verse 11, it says, But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. See, some, some of the others depict this differently. It's however they saw it. But John, you know, John was there uh, along with Peter, so he, you know, we, we've got a little bit more insight. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I'll take him away. And Jesus said, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. She recognized him at that point. He said to her, Do not cling to me. Now, the King James translation says, don't touch me. That's a little misleading. Uh, he says, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending. And this is the only mention of the ascension in, in John, because it, it ends differently than the other ones. Now, do not cling to me reinforces the now changed condition that is to exist between master and disciple condition which Jesus tells Mary will be fully inaugurated with the ascension. So, you know, that, that's the important thing we need to see. A lot of people think, well, you know, he hadn't uh, presented his blood in the heavenly holy of holies yet, so she couldn't touch him. Well, the sequence here, uh, when, when uh, he sees Thomas, you know, that would indicate maybe something different. So, it, you know, we just don't assume something. There's no justification for the carnal presumption asserted by sinful minds that some amorous feelings existed between Mary Magdalene and Jesus. There's neither any evidence that she had been a prostitute, uh, only that she had experienced a great deliverance, nor that her age was even approximate to Jesus' age, because she ran with a group of older women. So that would argue otherwise. So praise God, we see. And in verse 18, it says, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Then the same day, at evening being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, 
Peace to you, as the Father has sent me. I also send you. And we, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Some interpret that statement as symbolic, as anticipating Pentecost. Others understand the Greek to denote immediacy, in a sense of receive right now, and view the day of the Lord's resurrection as marking the trans- transition from the terms of the Old Covenant to those of the New. So, whatever it witnesses to your heart, the old creation began with the breath of God, now the new begins with the breath of God, the Son. Praise God. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they're retained. Now, we get over into verse 24, we see Thomas, and this is why they call him Doubting Thomas, which is unfair, because, you know, put yourself in this situation. Now Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the point of the nails, and put my finger into the point of the nails, put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside. Eight days, and Thomas with him. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Now, technically, he probably didn't ascend to the Father in that eight-day period. But some people would argue that he did because he told Mary, not to cling to him, not to touch him. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not, excuse me, not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Praise God. And that shows us some extra things that we might have missed when we look at the Ascension in the other books. And, and of course, chapter 21 is totally different. Beginning with verse 1, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going with you. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Skip down to verse 10. So Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, 
full of large fish, 153, and although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to him, Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? Then Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now verse 15. This is some important things I wanted us to see. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. And that word love there means have affection for. But he uses some different words here. That word's phileo. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And that, that word there is the same one, have affection for you. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all these things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. The thing we need to see here is that he told Peter, and this was part of his restoration, after his threefold denial of Jesus, Peter needed special attention. In his reply, his threefold question, do you love me? Peter uses a less emphatic word, not daring to claim a complete devotion. In the third form of the question, Jesus uses the same word for love that Peter had used, inquiring if Peter even had the affection that he, that he claimed. Peter can only appeal to the Lord's divine knowledge as proof of his sincerity. The ultimate call for Peter to follow the master epitomizes the Lord's threefold commission for him to be a shepherd to the sheep. And we need to see this too. We need to feed his sheep. You know, that's, that could be written to us as much as it was to Peter. And the great thing about it is Peter did that, didn't he? I mean, not only when he was alive on the earth, but we've got two of the best epistles here in the Bible uh, written by Peter to the church. And we can glean so much from those that he's been feeding for years and he's still feeding and he'll continue if Jesus tarries. So he did what he said he was supposed to do. Feed my sheep. Verse 20, Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, and that's John, of course, who also had learned, or le leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. He didn't say he was going to live till he comes. He said, if I prefer that, what is it to you? Then this saying went out among the brethren, disciple would not die. Jesus did not say to him he would not die. 
but I, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also so many other things Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Praise God. We need to see some of these things about Peter and about uh, what Jesus said. Some of the things here written in John, although it doesn't mention that they saw Jesus in a cloud or anything. It does mention the ascension. And uh, we thank God for the rest of what's in here that's not in the other gospel um, writers. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We praise you, we glorify you, and we bless you. We thank you as always for your blessed holy word. Thank you that we can stay full of your word every day of the week, every week of the year. We look forward to the day that you'll return, Lord Jesus, and we thank you. But until then, we'll occupy, we'll occupy till you come, Bill. We thank you so much. We honor you and glorify you and bless you. And praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. If you're out there and you're listening to this, and you say, well, I, you know, I don't know Jesus. This doesn't mean a lot to me. Today is the best day of your life. You can pray that prayer uh, of salvation, the short prayer, but it's the best thing you'll ever do upon this earth. Praise God. It's to ask Jesus to be your Savior and the Lord of your life. The Bible says, if we confess with our mouth, Lord Jesus, believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Pray this prayer with us. Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus, just as I am. Your word says that if I come, you won't cast me out. You won't turn me away. Come into my heart, Jesus, as my Savior. I make you the Lord of my life. Thank you, Father. I'm now your child. I'm born again, born from above. Forgive me for all my past sins. I, I repent of them today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, get to a good church. Word-believing, word-living, word-teaching, word-doing church. And sit under good teaching. People that are teaching the full gospel, the unadulterated word of truth. Praise God. And get into a good daily devotional and stay in it every day. Praise God. Thanks for joining us this week. Have a blessed rest of the day and weekend and a blessed week.